0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB.
1: you got to have that mindset. The game's never over. Keep People play the game 60 minutes, right? It doesn't matter if you're uh, down one, down two. You keep playing until the, the end of the game. And that's what we did. And we scored some uh, big goals there
2: at the end of the game. And we, we come out with a win. Winnipeg Jets. Snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Two one winners over the Chicago Blackhawks last night at a sold out barn at Canada Life Center. Two one win. Uh, waited for the final three minutes and twenty nine seconds to scoot the puck in the net, but uh, better late than never. And the Jets maintained their streaks. They got several of them going on. Uh, they got they got they got a good chunk of streaks going on. Winning streak reaches eight games. Point streak goes to fourteen. Uh, not allowing three or more goals. That goes to 31. Now it's 11 with two or less. Um, Things are pretty good for the Winnipeg Jets as they maintain first place in the National Hockey League.
1: Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, Um, yeah, so I talked a lot about the Columbus game and how it went pretty much exactly how I thought it would go, but Mm -hmm. this is why you play the games. Um, That did not go as I thought it would go last night. That Chicago team deserves a lot of credit. I think uh, the Jets need to take a lot of the blame for the second period. And then I think they deserve some credit. I don't look at this as um, things are falling off or they pulled one out or this. I I think they played poorly. And uh, I think a good team found a way to win. I really do. And I think the two best players on the ice were Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey. Yes. It's no doubt in my mind why those two had the tying goal and then Adam Lowry set up the first goal two primary assists from Adam Lowry. And we're going to find out as practice is just getting underway, the degree of Mark Shifley's injury who left in the second period. But that's twice now, two games Adam Lowry has been called upon to go up to the number one line and he's done it. But I also want to refer to, as I was listening to Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas and had the TV on mute, there was a moment there where they were going on the bench and it was late in the second period. And it was Adam Lowry who was quite adamant that they needed to get going. Um, Kevin Chevaldev have talked about this yesterday, about choosing him as the captain. Uh, he is the lifeblood of this team. Like mm-hmm. he, that, look, Shifley's very important. Morrissey's in there as well. Connor Hallibuck, all this. But to me, I think not only was Adam Lowry the right choice as a captain, because it, it's not going to weigh on him like it did maybe Blake. It wasn't a mm-hmm. um, trying to figure things out as it was those kinds of things. I think along with all the attributes that he brings is he is so consistent and it, it's just a natural fit for him. Um, but that's tough to do cam. That's tough to show up night in and night out. And the reason I point out Morrissey and Lowry, not just because they were way better yeah. than everybody else, but name me a game where Lowry wasn't very good.
2: No, there hasn't been one there,
1: there. There's probably one. I I'm thinking now, I forget which one it was where I'm like, ah, he's having a rough night. Yeah. But, That's tough to do in the National Hockey League, 82 games a year to show up night in, night out. And especially when a lot of guys aren't, you know, at their optimum, which I don't think anybody else was. So to me, I just take yeah. it as a game that a good team found a way to win.
2: Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets to me look like a team that has had a lot of success over the last little bit. And I'm, and I'm not saying they let the, the I'm not saying they let their foot off the gas in any amount in any stretch or any imagine, imagination. But it looked like to me they were a team usually when you have a team that's that a schedule is starting to wear on, they're getting a little tired. Um, you see a real, real great start to the game, which I thought they came out of the first period they were flying. Things started to tail off as that first period went away. They had a real bad second period uh, where Chicago was in control of that second period. And then the third period, they found their game. They got back to it. And you mentioned Morrissey and Lauer. They were the two best Winnipeg Jets. Here was Bones on those two guys after the game yesterday.
1: They, they like they just put the team on their backs. They, how many two-on-ones did Mo break up? So we talk about what an elite offensive player he is. And he, is. he broke up probably, what, three two-on-ones against that. we got to take a look at why well, we we're giving those up. Mo played an outstanding game as did Adam and that's you know that's why they're the leaders on the team um, they, t- they put the team
2: on their back and took control of that game. Mark Shifley goes down in the second period um, not didn't seem to be a contact issue um, goes off uh, was walking on his own volition um can classify it as a lower body injury uh you know you I, your mind kind of goes to a certain sort of thing I'm thinking week to week likely. Maybe a strain. We'll we have to wait and yeah. see. We're going to find out after practice if there is an update. Sometimes they'll say, oh, it needs further evaluation. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow after the morning skate um, uh, when the Philadelphia Flyers, four, 4 o'clock pregame show, puck drop at 6 uh, on 680 CJOB against the Flyers. But um, again, the you know, the Jets were able to weather through the storm uh, with no Kyle Connor, and the team uh, hit another gear. And they've been playing some of the best hockey since relocating from Atlanta, um, now losing your number one center is certainly a big blow. Um, but I, there's nothing here that tells me if it is week to week. We don't know what it is. But if there, if Mark Shreveley is going to miss a significant amount of time, Jim, I, there's not for one second I don't think that this team can overcome that. It, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's tougher to lose your first line center than a, a dynamic goal scoring winger like Kyle Connor. I, I admit. Um, but I, I think that the Jets will be able to persevere through this. Well, Adam
1: Lowry's either going to go up there or Gabe is going to slide over and somebody else is going to play Perfetti the wing. Is Perfetti going to go back to... I don't think Adam Lowry's going to play the wing, although he has with yeah, Scheifele. I'm saying is
2: Perfetti going to go to center?
1: Yeah, Perfetti too, I, I don't think so.
2: What about Velarde? I mean, he was kind of draft, drafted by L.A. as a center. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah.
1: I, I'm wondering if it's easier to just put a... Like like when I say this, Adam Lowry twice this year, I believe, has played the wing with Shifley mm-hmm. and Ehlers. I think in a game, I forget when he was brought up and, and played the wing. He can, I don't know if I should say he can. He played the wing for like a period or two. Um, but to me, what I mean, why wouldn't you try Adam Lowry there? From what yeah. we've seen, literally, we'll give it
2: a shot. I mean,
1: I mean, he moved up there when he went down, and he's the reason why. They won that game last
2: night. Well, it's it's very high likelihood that they're going to go into and play Philadelphia here at home without their two top forwards. Um, yes, that's, yeah. that's that's likely. So and um, so
1: now that's the thing about Philadelphia is do you want Cole Perfetti down the middle or do you want Adam Lowry? You want Adam Lowry or do you want Gabe Velarde? I want Gabe Velarde.
2: Yeah, I think I think you got to throw him into the middle there. I think he's got to be the I think he's got to be the center. You know what? It's also a good. Because when Kyle Connor comes back, and I know that there's been talk that they want to have Kyle Connor and Gabe Vellardi and, and Mark Scheifele together, that was reported as on Darren Dreger on his podcast, the Ray Dreger's podcast, but and the team salivating at that opportunity. But maybe it's sort of a, uh, an opportunity for Vellardi to take that second line center role and see what can happen. It could be an answer to a question as we get closer to the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, and and this is what I. It's funny we we're talking about this right. Scheifele takes a puck in the ear and he's okay. But, yeah, when we're talking about don't mess with the chemistry of this team, well, this is why. Yeah. Um, A month from now, if this happens, and he's out for four or five weeks, you would like to bring in a – this is why we're going to have Sam Cosentino on uh, from Sports and at the bottom of this hour. This is why the conversation to me is twofold around the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. It it has nothing to do with wrecking chemistry. Uh, This is a GM who brought in Nemestikov and Nita Ryder last year and then we signed them both and knew those were the pieces that they not only on the ice needed, but in the room. Yeah. They're closer than ever. Everybody loves these guys. I don't think Kevin is going to make a move. Like, he's not going to make a move to bring in an Evander Kane type. No. no. Just just to put up points. I don't think he's going to do that. And he's proven that in the past. When he makes these trades from the Kings and Needham Ryder and, and Domestikov that he's brought in guys that fit in the room too. Yeah. So I don't worry about chemistry. I don't. I know it's a concern for some teams, and and some fans are bringing it up, and I get it. Like, when something's rolling like this, you don't want to rock the apple cart. But you also don't want to be caught with a great season underway and and be out of center or something. Mm -hmm. So Sam's going to come on, and I want to ask Sam, like, when you compare the prospects to the Colorados, the Bostons, the other teams that want Elias Lindholm, are the cupboards as deep? And then, I don't think they are. I think the Jets have more to bargain with, including cap space at over $5 million. I think Lindholm's a $6 million hit.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's exactly what... I mean, And we had David Pignato with the fourth period. Uh, um, a great website. Check that out, fourthperiod.com. Great inside information. He's, he's really on the pulse of what's going on in the league. He said that yesterday. He says he thinks the Jets have the, have the fullest coverage to be able to make those moves.
1: So I, I think that that's what we're going to talk to Sam about is who's, who else has some things that might get some stuff Mm -hmm. done at the deadline and how rich the jets are in order to do it. The next fold is, is how bad do you want it? Yeah. And so are you going to deal a high-end prospect like a Chaz Lucius or a Brad Lambert to make a run this year? And listen, Cam, I think Kevin will, I think shovel Dayoff will, because I think what he's learned in his career is when you have a legitimate shot, you have to go for it. Yeah. Last year, I got caught up in that and I'm like, because I was looking at the contracts and I was looking at who was leaving. Take a run at it. You got Hellebuck and Shifley for a year after this. You give yourself a two-year window here. Give away the farm and do it. So thankful no one listens to me. <laughs> and because and, I was dead yeah. wrong about that because yeah. now is the year, right? Now's the year that you take whatever you might have to do. I mean, think of this team healthy come playoff time. Say Shifley's out for a month. Okay. In two weeks, they go get Elias Lindholm. Playoff time, everybody's relatively healthy. You're going Shifley, Lindholm, Lowry, Nemestikoff down the middle. Yeah. I'll go to any playoff battle like that.
2: Yeah. Your, 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 your strength is down the middle at that
1: and, point. And now the other part of this is I I don't care how much pieces they have. They can go get um, uh, Sean Monahan out of Montreal. Yeah. And I think the same thing. You bring Monaghan in here and you go Shifley, Monahan, Lowry, Nemestikoff. Mm-hmm but then if monahan doesn't work out on that second line there's no chemistry you put him on the fourth line and put nemeskov back up there and all yeah. of a sudden you got a guy with 57% faceoff wins yeah on your second power player your first power play and then you move on so there's the story i read yesterday too is montreal signed monahan to a one year deal with the understanding that when the time came they would be trading him yeah. and he understood that so i just look at this and i go no matter how long shifley's out i don't worry about chemistry I worry about what we're going to find out today with with injury.
2: Yeah, 204-780-6868 204-780-6868 and you listen we haven't forgotten it's Friday. It's free for all Friday. We're going to have an abbreviated version, of course. Uh, We had a game last night, big news coming from Shifley, uh, and sort of we wait and see what his condition is going to be, perhaps an indication that he will be missing some time. Uh, The NHL has recalled Rasmus Kapari after one game with the Moose from his conditioning stint. Uh, The the Moose are in Laval. They're going to be on uh, on CGOB.com at 6 o'clock. Uh, today. So, uh, um, obviously no Shifley. They were started practice about 20 minutes ago. Axion, if be also not practicing, and Ehlers did leave the ice uh, fairly quickly. I'm not sure what that means. We'll, we'll get some more information uh, from Rick Bonus when it becomes available. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Texas show 204-780-6860. We will have an abbreviated version. Sam Constantino, uh, Sportsnet commentator, uh, be joining us right after uh, 1230. And the NHL ratings are up. How far up? Is it, is it anything to do with these wild streaks going on in the NHL? Well, will tell you about those TV ratings in the United States. And uh, I don't know, Jim. I'm not sure this has ever happened as far as I can remember that this has been going on. We'll talk about that when we come back.
0: Jets at noon on 6-8
2: CJOB. Well, the Jets defeat the Chicago Blackhawks last night, 2-1. Um Regardless of how that first 57 minutes, 56 and a half minutes was played, it was a fantastic ending. Everybody that was in that building left home happy, man.
1: And it was sold out, right? And yeah. I would have to think that has something to do with Connor Bedard. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean people buying Definitely. tickets hoping to see him because Definitely. that was their last visit here as well. Yeah. But I heard, like I wasn't in the building last night, but I heard it was like a playoff game when – they got rolling in the third. And not just because of the goals. Like when they, they came out in the third, right? the like Bears talked about look. it. Yeah,
2: there was great looks. Um, Jets and Kraken on an eight-game winning streak. Oilers and Panthers nine in a row. I don't know if we've ever seen this happen before where four teams are on this much of a roll. And the NHL ratings in the United States are up
1: 27%. From Canadian teams being on a roll. Because <laughs> American teams don't like to lose to Canadian teams.
2: Yeah. No, they don't.
1: What's that John Candy
2: movie that... Great White North, whatever. Canadian. Get back to us Canadian pronto bacon? before
1: we level Toronto, and it was Canadian, Canadian bacon. bacon. Yeah, Jeff Brown knows. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. It was uh, the guy Cato. from Mash who was who like the pro- Alan Arkin. Yeah, he played the president. Not Alan Arkin, but he played uh, the president. He said, "Get back to us pronto, or we'll level Toronto." Alan Alda. <laughs> Alan Alda. yeah. Same thing, Alan Alda. So Americans watch because they don't want to lose the Canadian teams.
2: Sam Constantino with us when we're back. We'll be right That's back.
1: not scientific. I don't know that. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Right now it's minus 20, feels like minus 27 at 680 CJOB, and now back
2: to Jets at Noon. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Like
1: riding a bike for that guy. Well,
2: just steps right in there and just digs in.
1: No training wheels. Gives him, you know what? No banana seat, just... Any bike, give it to me and I'll broadcast. Puts
2: the shovel in the ground, digs himself a foxhole and holds the line. There we go. Things
1: are going to get hectic. You want to be in a hole with Jeff Braun. I have no idea what that means, but it sounded
2: great. Sounds tough. Sounds manly. And that's what Jeff Braun is. (laughs) Free for all Friday. We'll be connecting with Sam Constantino from Sportsman in just the next little bit here. But Terry, Texas show. He says, hi, Cam and Jim. Wonderful win last night by the Jets against Chicago. However... Have said that four power plays, nothing to show for it. If the Jets don't develop some traction on power play opportunities, they're going to get killed in the playoffs. Thanks, that one from Terry. Um, it, you know they were they were running at a thirty three percent following. Uh, if you include the game against San Jose, there was several opportunities that I was looking at that power play. Oh, it would be nice for them to get a goal here. Um, they had a great power play in the third period, about midway through. And the second unit was out there. They're moving the puck real well, and they yeah. generated momentum that they carried into those two goals uh, that Velarde and Ealer scored.
1: I mean, the other thing is, and I don't, I don't want to take away from the Texers thoughts of the yeah. power play; they're valid, they yeah. are. But nothing was going good in that game for the Jets. Yeah, like so, it's hard to go with the power play is the same issues. None of those guys, none of the players were playing well except for the two we mentioned until the third period when they kind of woke up. Uh, Free for all Friday before we get to Sam. Greg's on the line at 68 Welcome to Jets at Noon, Greg. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Oh, I'm just curious of your calling. opinion. I'm, I'm curious of your opinion.
0: Uh, when uh, Billy Hainola is ready to play at the NHL level, what happens to Chisholm and Stanley? I'm really afraid that we lose them like we lost to Kovacevic. I need your thoughts on that.
1: Well, here's the thing that I think. Um, and I feel bad for Villainola because I think he made the team out of the camp. Well, he did. And I don't think, but, and I, I think this was going to be the year for him. His biggest problem right now is that the defense is playing outstanding. And they, they have yeah. 20 plus games of two goals or less, they have 30 plus games of three goals or less. The defense, Nate Schmidt included, has like, they're not looking for anybody.
2: He's waiver exempt too, Jim,
1: and he's waiver exempt. He's so waiver exempt. I, think this is more than a conditioning stint for Billy Hainola. I think it's going to take somebody in the lineup to play poorly for four or five games in a row for him to get a call back up.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I agree with you. Thanks for confirming that for me because I still believe in Logan Stanley. Okay, people, people think I'm crazy, but he. I
2: don't think you're crazy, Greg.
0: Seven. He's six foot seven. That's my that's my thought. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. thanks, Greg. Thanks so
2: much for the call, Greg. I really yeah. appreciate that. 204-780-6868, 204 780
1: I think if Hey Nola had a good two weeks right now, yeah, and Schmidt was struggling and Stanley was getting yeah, in. Was I, I mean, help. look, for everybody who keeps saying Stanley this, Stanley that, I still don't know. And I I promise you the organization would like to give him a 30-game run. Isn't that but interesting? There, it is true. There's, as you sit in first place, there's no bad decisions here right now. They've made the right decisions. They're having a, a very successful, record-setting season. And it just, the odd man looking out. Like, what hurt Stanley and now Heinola was Nate Schmidt's. not only found his game, but he's found the fountain of youth. He's not just towing the line. He's contributing and playing some of his best hockey since he arrived in Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and I'm not saying he's a Norris guy or anything. I'm just saying he's found his game again.
2: You're right about that, Jim. You're bang on. We don't know about Logan Stanley yet. He hasn't played enough games. Who
1: are you taking out to give Hayden a look? Well,
2: that's, that's totally the point. Eight Straight wins and and you have
1: 14 or 13. And
2: you have just what Greg just said there. I mean, Declan Chisholm, Logan Stanley. Okay. Then you have a waiver exempt, Villy Hainela, who made the team out of camp. That was confirmed by a head coach Rick Bonus. But things are different now. The the landscape has vastly changed for the Winnipeg Jets from the drop of the puck in Calgary to where it is right now, halfway through the year. Yeah. That's just a fact. Um and that waiver exemption is it's gold. It's right gold right now for this organization.
1: But I, I promise you they'd like to get him some games before the playoffs. Oh, he 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 will, stuff, he will play
2: games for the Jets this year at some point. He will. There's going to be injuries on the blue line, Jim. There is, sure there's well, there's, going, there's going to be going I thought, yeah. was going to be out last he, night. He must have but... taken the one on that nerve where the leg just goes dead. That's what Isn't I was it thinking. is
1: funny we're not doctors, but we we see that and we're like, ooh, I've I've banged my ankle on the cu- cupboard like that, <laughs> on the
2: corner of the, t- the Yeah, that the one steps. really stings. It wasn't oh. a 200-mile-an-hour <laughs> yeah. slap shot. Not to that degree. Uh, yeah, but. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but it's – I mean it's this we've had that conversation too about Tononato, uh Axel Janssen, Fialbi Morgan Baron a great fourth line for the Winnipeg Jets over the last little bit but that's going to figure itself out and Tononato and and Axel Janssen, Fialbi as the Jets get healthy are probably going to be put on waivers and going to be go down to the Moose. We'll wait and see what happens but that's a likely thing that's going to happen. And I, you said I only feel- you can only hold 23 guys on the roster. Yeah,
1: and I said I feel bad for Heinola but I I mean I I don't like the team's
2: yeah, it's just it's just business, man. Hey, it ain't personal, it's just business. Sam Constantino, Sportsnet commentator and NHL draft analyst uh, joining us now. Hey Sam, thanks so much for doing this.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It must be a fun time right now.
1: Yeah, it is, Sam. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> By all means, good to have you on the program. Um, we just wanted to start with, so we got this first-place team here. Everybody except for Shifley now. We're going to find out in mere minutes when practice ends is healthy. And we see Kyle Connors out on a regular practice, non-contact. David Gustafson. So everybody, of course is talking about whether you touch this chemistry or whether you add uh, and what Cheveldayoff might do, so we wanted to have you on to talk jets prospects and we want to see how full this cupboard is if they wanted to make a move or if they didn't and what's coming in the future what's your assessment of the jets prospects right now?
0: Well, I mean the two guys that I think stick out would be would be Brad Lambert and, and Rector McGrady, and you know each has had recent success at some some pretty cool events I mean for, um, for Brad, he gets an opportunity to play in the AHL All-Star game, which is super cool. Uh, and obviously Rutger with uh, winning a gold medal um, after coming back from you know that, that crazy injury earlier in the year at Michigan. So those are the two guys you got to kind of hang your hat on in terms of the high-end prospects. Now, those guys aren't likely to help you this year. I, I can't think anything different than McGordy will likely sign when his year ends at Michigan this year then you get him into the fray you know they do the whole song and dance with the one year burned off of the rookie contract and, and maybe get them into a couple of games depending on where uh, the Jets are and how much they're fighting for that divisional top spot at that point point. Um, and at any point maybe just get them into a couple of games regardless of that and, and throw them right into the, to the heat of the battle there so that will be interesting to see how it plays out in terms of Lambert and how it's gone like this AHL experience is, is fantastic and I, I think Brad, since, you know, I think he made the right move uh, going back to the Western Hockey League after what was a, an, an awesome 16-year-old year, a decent 17-year-old year, and then kind of um, struggling a bit in his draft year. So I think he's back on track now. He's got a smile on his face, uh, and I don't think there's any question that these guys are going to be contributors. Probably not this year, though. So if you're asking me change the chemistry, go out and add some pieces, I don't know. I think it looks pretty good right now. Maybe a depth defenseman if you don't think Hanala or or Stanley can come in and and do the job as a 6'7 guy uh, in terms of adding that depth. But there are a number of teams that, you know, Carolina, for example, that can go into the playoffs with with eight deep. Toronto did it with nine deep last year. And I think uh, it's kind of necessary to have that depth, especially in the back end.
2: I mean, you mentioned Carolina. They're a team that's going to be looking to add at the deadline. Vegas, Dallas, the Rangers, uh, Florida, Colorado, Boston, Vancouver. There's others that I'm missing there. Where, where do you see the Winnipeg Jets landing in terms of how full are their cupboards compared to those teams? And could the Jets basically, if they want, kind of go out and get anybody because they just have that extra buying power?
0: Yeah, I know people are really, uh, you know, kind of thinking along that line and, you know, in terms of, of prospects and that sort of thing and, and, and giving up on some guys. The thing about the Jets is they're in a unique situation with their prospects and with how much they work with them, with having Manitoba right there. Uh, it's, a, it's a really special thing to have. And as you guys know, it's not the easiest place to get free agents. Now, that, will, that tension will ease a little bit based on the success that the club has had this year. Um, but all told, I, I kind of like the group. I don't know if I'd mess with it. You guys are just talking about Fialbi, and, and uh, you know, you think about Fialbi, you think about uh, Gustafson, uh, you think about Tony Toninato and what he's done. These are guys that are depth-forwards, fourth-line guys that have had pretty good contributions throughout the course of the year. You know, Fialbi, we've seen him Tony Toninato, with the ability to score a couple more goals than what we're used to seeing out of him. So these guys, um, you know, when Connor get back, and depending on the play to Shifley. I think they're the perfect depth guys to have to be able to lean on. They know the system. They're comfortable with, the, with their position in the lineup. They've played in that fourth-line role. So, you know, those, those options are available should you need depth. It, it's interesting because last year, I think, Kevin Chevaldeoff took, took some uh, unlikely um, criticism or unwarranted criticism for going out to get Nemesnikov and, and Niederreiter. And you look at Nemesnikov like, it's awesome. He's, yeah. he's perfectly suited for his role. Bones knows him well, need a rider, you get him done for for the midterm, which is a beautiful thing. A, a big guy who plays hard, who plays heavy, who's just been an anchor with Lowry on that third line. So I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd mess with it. The other part that I really like about the Jets, you got Broswa back there as the second guy. Now we know Halibuck carries a, a big portion of the load, but with Brosois, you're really confident when he goes in there that he's gonna get the job done. And it's really good to have a guy who's got cup experience. Uh, sitting in that spot, so I don't know, I I, I don't think I'd mess with it too much.
1: And along those lines of, um, like in, and we see Shifley go down last night um and that's the thing right because fans here are wondering do we need this depth do we need to Sean Monaghan here at a second round pick and a prospect or do we just sort of go this route um you speak so great about chemistry as well but I, I kind of lean also Sam to Chevy found that chemistry with Nita Ryder and and Domestikov like I don't think he's a GM that doesn't look at that or just bring a guy in for points as well so um But but when you look at the prospects, like that's the other thing that stood out to me, Sam. I guess is my question is like last year, I thought they should have gone for it because I didn't know if Hellebuck Shifley wheeler dubois would be here past this year and i thought if you got a window here with those four guys you might as well do some trades at the deadline give yourself a run this year and next year now things have played out the way they played out but after last year's deadline i had some people around the league tell me that they're never going to trade a first round pick whether it's a a player or 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 the pick itself because that's winnipeg that's the one way you guarantee yourself those players those bodies for six or seven years
0: yeah and 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 that's the thing. In that market, you have to be mindful of that. Um, you know, every market has a unique situation. Winnipeg has it, and so that's the thing. When you get a guy a first rounder, you want to keep. Now, the the one thing I would say is, you know, Logan Stanley might be attractive to some people just based on on his size. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and we've seen, you go back to the last couple of cup-winning teams, they've all kind of been big and rangy on the back end. Now, it hasn't worked out for Logan here, but he looks to me like a guy who'd, who'd offer that change of scenery bump in his game. And so he might be an attractive piece that you'd be able to move on um, if you're happy with the depth that remains and is sort of, sort of that guy. So that would be something. Now, the, the one interesting name that you mentioned there is Sean Monahan. He's a guy that would probably fit perfectly in there in terms of chemistry, his ability to win draws. He gives you some net front. He's got good hands, and he does give you that insurance in the case that the Chapley is longer than you expect, or or Connor goes longer than you expect, or the insurance that someone else other than those two uh, happens to you know to succumb to injury. He'd be a guy that for a mid range price, because he's on an expiring contract. Um, that I would definitely consider because I think he checks a number of boxes. But outside of that, like to go and try and hit that home run with a with a points guy like you know, Patrick Kane, for example, I I think from a chemistry perspective, I just don't know if I'd go down that road. I mean, listen, this team Rick bonus was, was brought in and there were two main goals that he wanted to accomplish. One was to get the culture sorted out in the room. And I think that's been accomplished. The other is to get the defense more involved in the play and, and, and offer them more uh, opportunities to produce offense. And he's done that. I mean, you look at your Dylan's hat. You know, Morrissey's doing his thing. Pionk's contributing. So so he's accomplished those two things. But the number one of those two things, in my opinion, is the chemistry. And I don't know that bringing in that bigger name, that home run type of hitter, is is going to be conducive to changing the, the chemistry—it's in a good spot right now. So, if you're looking at moving, maybe one of those depth guys, second-round pick—I'm all for that if it's if it's for a Monahan-type player. Um, but I'm I'm not I'm not messing around with it too much. Other than that.
2: Yeah, Sam Constantino, Sportsnet commentator, NHL draft and analyst as well. Sam, thanks so much. And I mean, look, Ivan, Ivan Barbashev was the best addition last year during the playoffs. And all the other teams that got involved in the arms race didn't work out for him. So nothing is guaranteed. Sam, thanks so much for your time. I Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Yeah, talk soon. Talk again. All thanks, right, thank, Sam. Thanks, Great Sam. Stuff. Yeah, awesome stuff there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with them. I'm kind of with them. Um, looking at the situation right now. Now there's going to be injuries we're going to wait and see what happens with Mark Shifley we will give you that information as soon as we find out um you know
1: what we have to do is and we'll do this with you the listeners is what do you want done yeah like we did this last year right with Meyer and Chickering and I fully admit that that was a mistake on my part but I again I didn't know Shifley and Hellebuck were going to be back yeah um but fair enough like so so like do they want to bring somebody in like Elias Lindholm or would you rather just some tinkering and I wonder what fans would well, like. Well,
2: Nino Nita Ryder was a second round pick last year, and Vladislav Nemestikov fourth was a fourth rounder. rounder. Yeah. And look, look at the impact that they've had as full members and of the And we'll Jets. call
1: that tinkering. Yeah. Because at the time, everybody wanted Timo Meyer or Jake Chikrin or somebody like that.
2: And it didn't Parker work. Came. It didn't work last year, but it's working out this year. Like it was, it was more of a future. Those were futures. I picks. just.
1: Like I, I, got, I went a little nuts. Last year at the deadline, Cam the and way. I, 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 it gets I fully a hold of agree. All of us. When you look at these prospects and having all your picks,
2: Jim, I looked at you at the deadline and said, "Why was I ever born?" Because all the Jets picked up was Vladislav Nemestkov. <laughs> yes. That was a damn good pickup. Well, see, I did. I think- stared <laughs> you in the eyes. I was into <laughs> a depression.
1: I had to hold you ever so tenderly. <laughs> but we'll be- I, I do believe I, I believed in Niederreiter, and and I wondered about Nemestkov. But when I saw yeah. him play the first game and saw how smart he was on the ice, I I got the pickup. But I didn't think that they were. Like life changing.
2: We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 68 CJOB. Well, we're still awaiting the news, the latest news on uh, the condition of Mark Scheifele, who's being evaluated today. Jim, you'll have that on your show as soon as, you, as soon as we know more. As soon
1: as we get more. DT's down there, of course. Game tomorrow, 4 o'clock pregame, 6 o'clock for Flyers. But the minute we get any information on Mark Shifley's status, once the practice is done and Coach Bonus Speaks, we'll get it to you.
2: Absolutely. We're really looking. Well, I'm I'm sure there's tons of Jets fans. I know there are. Anxiously awaiting the news on uh, the condition of Mark Shifley. But Kyle Connor, he's getting closer. Non-contact jersey, but a participant in practice um so that's that's good news so the team one way like this said there was always going to be a stretch where the jets were dealing with something like this every team goes through it um uh, but we'll see how they can persevere and it's uh going to be tough uh likely missing their two top forwards against the flyers and
1: i made the point quickly that like they've been without bufflin and had a better record they've been without yeah. wheelers and had a winning record let to start last year they've been without wheeler and and gone yeah. on win streaks you pointed out when Shifley has missed time, they do not go on wins. Look streaks.
2: at the uh, playoffs, the play in series against the Flames. Shifley was out, injured yeah, there La- against Vegas. Shifley injured in that series. We all know what happened there. Uh, and then his suspension against uh, the Habs series was over there. So um, Shifley, the Jets, 100 percent a better team with him in the lineup and has been since uh, he was drafted here as a member of the Winnipeg Jets.
1: You're gone for a while. We're going to miss I'm, you.
2: I'm gone for the next two weeks. I'll be back on the 29th of January. Uh, Ross, the boss, Levitan, uh, Tyson, the rookie, Rewiki will be stepping in for me uh, periodically throughout uh, the next two weeks. Everybody enjoy your time and go Jets, go. Jim told, take all the way to 3 o'clock. Thank you very much Jeffrey every for producing the show. That's it for me. Back seven in the morning. Same time on well, the 29th, whatever. I'll see you. I'm out of here. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.